You are Locked On A's. Your daily Oakland A's podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. It's time for Locked On A's. Stepping to the mic, it's your host, Jason Burke. How's it going, A's fans? And welcome to episode 351 of the Locked On A's podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am your host, noted baseball fan, Jason Burke. And on today's episode, the A's are riding high. They are riding that wave. They've won five games in a row. Sure, three of them came against the Angels and two of them came against the Royals, but Five games is five games at this time of year, so it does not matter who the wins come against. They are winning games, and that's kind of what matters. So I'm going over a little bit of what happened in over the weekend against the Angels, uh, Some an update on Chris Bassett, and then I'm going over the schedules for the A's main competition the rest of the way. we got two weeks left. How have teams been doing against the teams that they're going to be facing the rest of the way? Do the A's have a chance? That's that's today's episode. So let's not go too deep or too. Let's not stray too far away because it's going to be a big episode. But before I get into anything, you guys can also join Walking Baseball Encyclopedia. Paul Francis Sullivan, please call him Sully, every day on the Locked On MLB podcast for a unique look at the majors, both present and past, featuring exciting guest interviews and routine check-ins from Locked On MLB's network team of local experts like myself, subscribe to the Locked On MLB podcast today on the Odyssey app or wherever you get podcasts. You guys can also subscribe to this podcast wherever you like to hear podcasts. Uh, we have a YouTube channel, so check us out on YouTube. Some of you already are. 72 of you love seeing this face. And if you're not seeing this face, you see that I got this uh, Jaguars hat on. Is it this way? Boom. It's, it's a good looking hat. And uh, also, a Pittsburgh Pirates jersey, which is uh, Sterling Marte. It was like eight bucks. And so I got it when uh, when the A's traded for Sterling Marte. I was like, hey, I got some Sterling Marte gear. This is fun. Um, also follow us on social media at Locked on A's on Twitter and Instagram. I'm at by Jason B on Twitter and in the Spotify green room app. If you guys have any questions for us, please send those to LockedOnAthletics at gmail.com. But let's get into the main story here from the weekend. And that is the A's are they're, they're riding high. They've won five games in a row. Have they fixed the bullpen issues? No, not at all. The first game of the win streak, I was sitting in Disneyland waiting to go into the the new Star Wars land. I've been there a couple of times, but, you know, Black Spire Outpost. I was waiting to get in there for a a nice little late night end cap and just go see some Star Wars things. And I was sitting on the bench outside of the bathroom waiting for this game to end because the A's bullpen almost blew that one. Then the the fifth game of the five-game win streak, Sergio Romo almost blew as well. Bob Melvin was quick to go to the bullpen once again this game. I'll get into that here in a second. And he went to Lou Trevino. Lou Trevino has been pitching a lot better. He got him out of the ninth, or out of the ninth, got him through the tenth, got the win, didn't allow any runs. Lou Trevino's been pitching a lot better of late. So is he better? Maybe. It, every everybody's fine until they're not, <laughs> and that's that's baseball for you. But he's been pitching a lot better of late. So good job, Lou Trevino. It's just weird that they've won five games and yet they fixed really none of their problems. They're just facing, you know, the Royals and the Angels. So sure, am I feeling confident going into the Seattle series? Not necessarily, but 
because they haven't played them very well. And Seattle is still hungry and they're still kind of fighting and they need to kind of win out to make an impact. So they're, they're going to get Seattle's best shot and can the A's handle Seattle's best shot? We're, we're going to find out. And then they get to face the, the Astros too. And it could be a very long two weeks. It could be a very uplifting and let's see what happens in October two weeks. And uh, I, I'm very excited to find out which side of the aisle the A's end up on because we're going to find out how good the A's are or how good their chances are for getting into the playoffs, into that one game wildcard, maybe the division, but probably the one game wildcard after this week coming up. So that's a, it's going to be a good test. And Frankie Montas pitched a heck of a game on, on Sunday against, you know, the, the angels, of course, but he went seven innings, gave up one hit, zero earned runs. He walked four, struck out seven. He threw 87 pitches and Bob Melvin yanked him. And that was a point of contention for many, many people on Twitter. Uh, they were like, hey, you know how the bullpen hasn't been good, Bob? Why are you doing that? And, you know, fair question, honestly. Uh, maybe they're trying to preserve Frankie Montas for the playoffs that they're not in yet. I, I'm not sure what the reasoning was. Maybe they didn't want him to face that. He's been, he'd been fine. I don't. I don't know what the reasoning was, honestly. That was a that was a head scratcher, and especially with the way the ninth inning played out, real head scratcher right there. So, uh, not sure what was going on there, but I did find this one stat from Frankie Montas's line that I thought was fascinating, uh, partially because I'm not sure if this is how baseball usually is played, um, it, but it seemed interesting to me. So I'm going to tell you what it is. He threw 87 pitches. 62 of those pitches were for strikes. That's Fine. That's not the interesting part, but he had four walks and to get a walk, you need four balls. So 16 balls were used in the, the, the walks and he threw nine other balls. So if you got a ball from Frankie Montas, odds were that you were going to be walked in that at bat. And that is fascinating to me. Is that something that always happens? I don't, I don't think so. It doesn't seem like it's normal. So that, that is just a fascinating stat that I found. It's not like a stat that anybody keeps track of or anything, so I can't really look it up. But he threw nine balls that were not in walks, uh, in at bats that ended in walks. And that was very, very interesting to me. So uh, that was my stat of the night from Frankie Montas and also Bob Melvin's uh, questionable bullpen usage because uh, don't use it. It's not fixed. Please stop going to it. And uh, maybe they'll get some help from Chris Bassett coming up. We'll, we'll get into that here in a second. But this season, I, I just wanted to talk about Frankie Montas just a little bit more because this season he's been fantastic. He's 12 and nine and partially that's the bullpen. He could have gotten a win on Sunday. He could have been 13 and nine. Uh, he could have been doing a little bit better, but let's say he's 13 and nine. It, the record doesn't necessarily make the case, but 13 and nine does sound a lot better than 12 and nine, just, you know, at first glance, but he's got thrown 174 innings pitched, which is fantastic. He's never gone over a hundred before, or I think he had a hundred once. So he is just soaring by his previous high in innings pitched in a season. And he's still pitching really, really well. Granted it's against the angels. Uh, so 174 innings pitched 192 strikeouts, which very nice K rate, I, I must say. Is it an elite K rate? No, but it's a very nice K rate. It's not Garrett Cole's K rate. It's not Robbie Ray's K rate, but it's good. It's more than one in inning. That's fine. It's like Lucas Giolito's K rate, and he's a perennial Cy Young contender. So yeah, it's a good K rate. Uh, and then he's uh, he has a 3.57 ERA on the whole season. And as I mentioned, you know, a couple of months ago when I was doing the podcast. Uh, 
it, it's basically a couple of blow up starts that really it's three blow up starts, maybe four. He may have added that third one, but he's had a couple of blow up starts that have made him look a lot worse. But overall, he's been basically a two five ERA guy the entire season. And this second half, he has a four and two record, 74 innings pitched, 87 strikeouts and a 243 ERA. He has been absolutely dominant in the second half. And the reason I bring up his second half numbers is because Robbie Ray, who is now the presumptive AL Cy Young favorite with two weeks to go after Garrett Cole just imploded. Uh, he is five and one with 76 and two thirds innings pitched. So very, very close on the innings pitched. He has 103 strikeouts. So a few more strikeouts, 20 more strikeouts. It's a good strikeout rate. He's an elite strikeout guy. He's always been an elite strikeout guy. He just couldn't locate the ball before. And now he can. So good for him. Uh, and he has a two ERA. So it's been those two guys are the, the best two pitchers in the American League in the second half of this season. And uh, I think the Frankie Montas should be getting some votes, probably top five, maybe top six in the AL Cy Young voting. It's going to be Garrett Cole and Robbie Ray, probably Jose Barrios because he's been pretty good. And then you can kind of go from there with who, take your pick. Who do you want from there? And Frankie Montas could be that fourth guy. Chris Bassett probably would have been if he hadn't been hit in the head. Uh, I'll update on that here in just one sec. But he has 150 innings pitched. Probably not going to get the votes because of the innings, but the production that he has provided has been Cy Young worthy. So he has got three guys that are pretty good. Three guys that might end up getting some Cy Young votes in their rotation. And uh, that's, that's impressive. But let's go to uh, Chris Bassett just because... I like Chris Bassett. You like Chris Bassett. Let's see what's up with Chris Bassett. He is scheduled to throw a bullpen session on Monday. He's been throwing a couple over the past week. He's been feeling okay. He's been feeling good. They don't want to, you know, prognosticate on what's going to happen just yet. But if everything goes well on Monday, which no guarantees, and he was sure to say that to reporters after the game or, you know, after his session, nothing's guaranteed. But if everything goes well on Monday, maybe. We could see him pitch at the end of the Seattle series on Thursday. I don't know if that's going to be a starting role. Maybe have him go three, four innings. Maybe that's a relief role. Maybe you piggyback him with James Caprillion, who pitched well in his homecoming to Anaheim. Again, against the Angels, uh, who have not been a great team. They had won nine, so I guess they're 11-1 and one in their last 12 now, I think, against the Angels, if I'm doing the stats correctly off the top of my head as I'm speaking. Uh, so yeah, it's not like the angels have been a big threat to the A's of late. So that's, I, is, is James Cabrillo in text? I don't know. Do you want uh, Chris Bassett there to maybe give you some length out of the bullpen? I mean, he'd be a nice length guy, but he's not going to fix the bullpen because he can't pitch every other day or every third, maybe every third day for like an inning or something, but it, it'd be like a bullpen game or something like that for him. Could he be the spark that the A's need down the stretch? He could be. And I'm going to go over who they're playing down the stretch and why that could be important coming up. So stay locked in with Locked On A's and I will be right back. Does this sound familiar? You've got one device that lets you catch the game live. Another that lets you stream your favorite shows. You're watching sports highlights on your phone and you've got your neighbor's best friends log in for the good stuff. 
Well, I want to tell you about a simple way to get all of that entertainment that you love without the hassle and a great way to finally get your TV together. It's called Direct TV Stream and it brings your live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before. So you can watch your favorite sports, movies, and shows all in one place. That means no more juggling remotes and no need to buy another device ever again. And the best part, there's no annual contract. So get rid of the clutter and the confusion and get your TV together with DirecTV Stream. You can learn more at directtv.com. That's directtv.com. Compatible device required. Content varies by package. Hey, A's fans, this is Jason Burke with an incredible app that everyone who buys gas needs to know about. Get Upside. My listeners are making 25 cents for every gallon of gas every time they fill up. Just download the free Get Upside app in the App Store or Google Play right now. Use promo code BASEBALL and get a 20 and get a bonus 25 cents per gallon on your first fill up. That's up to 50 cents cash back. Don't pay full price at the pump anymore. Get cash back using Get Upside. Just download the app and use the promo code BASEBALL to get up to 50 cents a gallon cash back on your first tank. Some people who drive a lot are making as much as two or $300 a month in cash back and there's no catch. The cash gets put back uh, right into your account. You can cash out at any time to your bank account, PayPal, or an e-gift card for Amazon and other brands. Just download the free Get Upside app and use promo code BASEBALL to get 50 cents a gallon cash back on your first tank. That's BASEBALL for your for your code. Use, use the code BASEBALL. This is what I'm saying right there. <laughs> Welcome back to the Locked On A's podcast. If you guys are enjoying the show, make sure to hit subscribe wherever you like to hear podcasts. Follow us on social media at Locked On A's on Twitter and Instagram. I am at ByJasonB on Twitter and in the Spotify Green Room app. If you guys have any questions for us, please send those to LockedOnAthletics at gmail.com. Also, make sure to subscribe to our YouTube page. Uh, if you're listening to this on any podcast app, uh, one, subscribe. That's, that's important. And two, you can follow any of the links that I just told you about in our show notes. So just click on the details. It's all in there for you guys. It's all hyperlinked. I make it super easy for you guys. You're welcome. <laughs> but let's get into some of the teams that the A's, well, let's get into the A's themselves first, and then I'll go over the Mariners and just the, the rest of the teams that the A's are chasing and what their schedules are like the rest of the way. So let's get into it. I'm already running very far behind. So the A's remaining schedule, they, uh, you probably know this already, but they've got four games left against Seattle at home. The A's are returning home facing Seattle for four games Monday through Thursday this week. It starts today. Go time is now. Uh, and then they get three against Houston. So that they have a full slate of games this weekend or this week. And uh, it's against teams that they are either uh, closely in contention with or lead the division and have kind of owned them the entire way. So Yay! Should be a fun week for the Oakland Athletics and their fans. Uh, and then from then, next week, you face the same two teams again. You got three at Seattle, and then you get an off day on Thursday, and then you get three at Houston. So that is the A's remaining schedule. We should find out this week if the A's will be competing in October based on how they do. You got to see them go at least four and three, if not five and two, because... I mean, I know that you can shoot for the moon. You need to go six and one against these teams, but 
I mean, beat up on Seattle. Take three of four from Seattle. Take two of three, I guess, from Houston or one of two. I don't. Do you want to win the division? Do you want to win the wild card? Because you only got to outplay the wild card people by one game. And the A's are two games back of Toronto, three games back of Boston. It's going to be hard to catch uh, Boston at that point with so few games left. But still possible because Boston does love a good meltdown. They tried doing one earlier. It didn't quite take. So let's let's uh, hope that they try again. Uh, the A's against the Mariners this season are 4-8. and eight, So that is not good. That's on average. They lose two out of three every series. That's not great. Uh, and against Houston, they're even worse. They're four and nine. So judging by how they've played these teams the entirety of the season, things don't look great. That is a 320 winning percentage. And with 13 games left, they'd be, you know, with a 320 winning percentage, they'd be expected to win four games. They need to do that at least each week, at least four games each week to have a, a decent chance at making the playoffs. So um, they're, they're going to have to play a little bit better. And one way to do that is to get into Seattle's or not, not get into Seattle's bullpen, get to them early, I guess, but you got to touch up their starting pitching. Cause you don't want to get into the Mariners bullpen has a 483 ERA this month. The, the, the bullpen has been really, really good for them. And is the reason why with a huge negative run differential, they are still in contention this latest because they can win those run, run one run games. Their bullpen picks them up when they need them to. But if their starting rotation cannot keep them in games, if it's six to one early, they have the offense that can come back and, you know, put up some big innings and stuff like that. But you don't want to rely on that too many times. The A's need to put up a bunch of runs against the starting rotation. Even if the bullpen hasn't been quite as good of late, they need to get runs on the board early. That's the way to beat the Seattle Mariners. Speaking of the Mariners, their remaining schedule, they got four at Oakland, then they go to uh, the Angels, and they got three at Anaheim. Then they return home. They got three against Oakland, and then three against Anaheim, Los Angeles, whatever. <clears throat> They're eight and four against the A's this season. They're eight and five against the Angels this season. They're five and five in their last 10. So they're not playing their best baseball, but they're one of those kind of magical teams. And I think that the A's playing them at home could be good for them because. If Seattle has last ups in a close game, that's not great. If the A's have last ups in a close game, that could be nice. That could be that could be the thing that they need. So we'll see about that. Jared Kelenic, uh, he's been struggling most of the season, but not the last 15 days. Uh, in that span, 15 days, he is batting 277 with a 358 on base and a 1039 OPS. He has turned things around. Small sample size, obviously, but. This is the kind of guy that you've been scared about. This is the one that we've been reading about and all those prospect lists. Uh, you, 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 can't, you can't really, I mean, you can still pitch to him, but he's a lot harder to pitch to than the guy that was hitting 150 for most of the duration with his time with Seattle. So he's a little bit more scary right now. He's got five home runs in his last 15 days. Uh, not great. The other guy that's been crushing the ball, Ty France. Uh, he's been up and down a little bit this season. He's gone through some, some pretty deep slumps, but right now in his last 15, that same span of Jared Kellenick, he's hitting 340 with a 446 on base and an 851 OPS. The OPS isn't there because the power is not there, but the on base is doing a lot of heavy lifting right there. 446. That is really, that's a really nice two weeks right there. Um, 
as I said, the key to beating the Mariners is going to be putting up runs early. And we'll see if the A's can end up doing that. I'm going to be going over the rest of the A's opponent, well, not opponents, but uh, they're the guys that they're chasing coming up. So stay locked in with Locked On A's, and I'll be right back. Today's episode is brought to you guys by Built Bar. And I have the ad read scrapping it right now because they sent me this one. It is a cookie dough chunk. I had a taste. It's amazing. I love this one. So it might be my new second favorite because nothing will ever come close to the coconut brownie chunk. That one was amazing. But cookie dough chunk is right up there. It is so, so tasty. And if you guys haven't had one of these bars before, you're totally missing out because they're jam-packed with protein. You're talking 17 to 18 grams of protein, uh, calories ranging from 130 to 180. This one, I believe, 150. Uh, the, there's only four or five grams of sugar. There's only four or five grams of net carbs. They're all amazing flavors. They're all tasty. They're all healthy. And they, they're a nice pick-me-up. If you forget to eat breakfast, have a Built Bar. You forget to eat lunch, have a Built Bar. You, you have breakfast or lunch, have a Built Bar because they are great for any situation. They're absolutely fantastic. I love these bars and you can love these bars too by going to built.com and using promo code LOCKED15 and you will get 15% off of your order. Use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at built.com. Welcome back to the Locked On A's podcast. If you guys are enjoying the show, make sure to hit subscribe wherever you like here in podcasts. Follow us on social media at Locked On A's on Twitter and Instagram. I'm at by Jason B on Twitter and the Spotify Green Room app. If you guys have any questions for us, please send those to LockedOnAthletics at gmail.com. Also, subscribe to the YouTube page. Uh, this face is fantastic. The, the face is a little sleepy right now, but usually fantastic. <laughs> also coming up uh, probably in the next couple of days, uh, Ken Rosenthal had an article talking about how the Mets can just steal Billy Bean and Bob Melvin if they want them. And uh, I'm going to do an entire episode just picking that article apart because it just felt like the Mets could just do whatever they wanted and the A's don't have a say. And the people involved, Bob Melvin and Billy Bean, don't have a say or like thoughts of their own. So uh that's a preview. I'm gonna I'm gonna rip that article apart. Uh, Ken Rosenthal, great reporter. Happy birthday, Ken. Uh, as I'm recording this, but uh, at the same time, no, I I don't know that it's a foregone conclusion that those two would just go to New York. So uh, I've got some thoughts on that, and that'll be coming up for you guys a little bit later this week. So uh, enjoy. Um, but let's get into the uh, the schedules of the teams that the A's are chasing. First off, we've got the Yankees, who are a half a game up on the A's. They have three versus Texas coming up on Monday through Wednesday, I believe. Then they are off on Thursday. Then they got three at Boston, off day, three at Toronto, and then three versus the Tampa Bay Rays. Uh, they're 7-11 this month, so they're not playing their best baseball. They're 3-1 against Texas this season. Uh, they're 6-10 against Boston. 6-10 and 10 against Toronto, including Toronto sweeping them in four games just two weeks ago. So, obviously, not the best baseball that the Yankees have been playing. And then they're 7-9 and nine against the Tampa Bay Rays. With the way that the Yankees have been playing, I don't feel like they're going to be a huge... Uh, they're not going to push back. I, I don't think they're going to push back very much. Uh, and they've got three really, really tough divisional opponents coming up. They may sweep Texas and make everybody believe again, but then they got three at Boston and they are six and 10 against Boston. They got three at Toronto. 
they're six and ten against Toronto than theirs. They're they're sub five hundred against these teams. I don't know. I just said that the A's are four and eight and four and nine against the teams that they're going to be playing for the next two weeks. But they're divisional opponents, and usually those tend to even out a little bit. Not if you're the Angels and the A's this season, but generally they're a little bit closer. And the A's may have that extra gear that they hadn't been playing with. They're going to be on an emotional high potentially with Chris Bassett potentially returning to the rotation. When he's been around the club, they have won a bunch of games. And when he's not been around the club of late, they've lost a bunch of games. And you, you can see these peaks. I don't know all of the days that he's been in the clubhouse, but it seems like when he's around or he makes an appearance, the A's win that day. And then if he's not around the next day, they lose that day. It He's going to be around, you guys. I, it doesn't matter if he's going to be pitching or not. He's going to be around, and that is an emotional boost that this team needs right now. And it could be that extra gear that they've been looking for playing Seattle and Houston throughout the rest of the court, throughout the rest of the season. And one small note, if the A's beat up on Seattle and then like lose two out of three to the Houston Astros this weekend, then you're like, all right, I don't know what's going on. And if Houston ends up clinching fairly early next week, not, not this coming week, but the week after, uh, maybe, maybe, they're not going to be scared of the A's in the playoffs. So they're like, yeah, whatever. If if we lose games to them and they sneak into the wild card game, whatever. It doesn't really matter to us. Uh, if we face them, we can beat them. It's no big deal. Is I assume their mindset because they're big macho men. And uh, that could mean that the A's could sweep that in that last series and get three big wins against a team that you're not necessarily expecting to win three games against. And that could be what vaults them into the playoffs. Maybe. I don't know. We'll see. But uh, moving on, we got the Blue Jays, who currently have the second wild card spot. They are two games up on the A's. They're 15-3 and three this month, including that sweep of the A's earlier in the month. <laughs> that was not fun. Let's not talk about it. Anyways, they are 15-3 and three this month, and they have three at Tampa Bay. They won two of three against Tampa just last week. So they can hang with the Tampa Bay Rays, and that's scary. That's not what you want. Then you got four at Minnesota, then they have an off day, three against New York, and then three against Baltimore. That schedule, if they can hang with Tampa, there's nobody on that schedule that necessarily scares you. Maybe Tampa wins two out of three, and then they split with Minnesota. That's kind of the best that you're hoping for. And then the Yankees wake up for some reason, and then... but. The Baltimore series, probably not going to go very well for uh, for A's fans. Uh, they are 7-9 against Tampa Bay this season. They're 1-1 one one against Minnesota. They're 10-6 against the Yankees and 11-5 against Baltimore. Yeah, maybe Baltimore wins one uh, is kind of the hope right there. And in the second half preview that I did before, you know, during the All-Star break, I had uh, Nash Walker of locked on twins on. And we just talked about, you know, what to expect in the second half, things that we were excited about. And I said, the, the Toronto blue Jays were going to be a very, very scary team because, uh, they were stacked. They hadn't played. They hadn't, their win total had not matched how they'd been playing. And, uh, it is now they're playing just lights out right now. And they're a scary team. They've lost three games this month. And uh, I don't know how the A's can vault over them. Maybe they've been playing over their head the other way now. And maybe they're they're due for some losses. Maybe they get some tough luck, tough, tough luck losses. There you go. And uh, maybe that's what happens. But the Toronto Blue Jays are a scary team. And you don't necessarily want to face them in the wild card game. So hmm, let, let's hope for the best, I guess. Uh, but so that's going to be a very, very tough hill for the A's to climb. So 
you're, you're kind of hoping that the Red Sox fall off, but they're also three games up on the A's and currently hold the first wild card spot. Uh, they have an off day on Monday, then they face the New York Mets for two games, then they're off on Thursday, then they play three at home against the Yankees, and they have played very well against the Yankees this season. Then they're off again. So many off days for the Yankees and Red Sox. Uh, who makes the schedule? Somebody in New York? Maybe we should really decentralize that just slightly. That'd be that'd be nice. Um, and then they get three against Baltimore and three against the Washington Nationals, who have detooled. Uh, so, and they have not faced the Nationals this season. So they are 0-0 against the Nationals. Maybe they get excited and Juan Soto gives a stirring speech and they play spoiler. And uh, that's kind of the best thing that we can hope for right now. The Boston Red Sox are 11 and six this month. And uh, they, they look, they, okay. One thing that I noticed this month in looking over their schedule is that they will win a few, they'll win like three games and they'll lose like two or three games. And then they'll win a game and then they'll lose a couple of games. Uh, they were basically playing 500 until this last weekend. And they're 11 and six right now. They're on a five game win streak currently. Are they, are they due for some losses? They might be. And uh, they're going to be facing the Mets, who are also trying to just hold on to their playoff lives. So that's going to be fun. And then they get the Yankees. And uh, I, I don't know who to root for when they face each other. I don't like either team. And uh, the Yankees are ahead of the A's, but also not in control of an actual playoff berth. So I'm confused. I don't know. Um yeah, so that's going to be a lot of fun. They're 10-6 and six against the Yankees. They're 11-4 and four against Baltimore. They haven't played the Washington Nationals at all. They played the New York Mets in April and went 2-0 against them. But uh, Boston was one of the better teams in baseball at that point, and the Mets are different now. I don't know if they're better, but they're different. There's no more Jacob deGrom, but they're different. So there's that. And then if you want to wish upon a star, the Houston Astros lead the AL West by six full games, which funny enough, is the exact number of games that the A's have left against them. So can they do it? it it's going to be one heck of a climb if they do, and one heck of a story. It would definitely rival 2012, uh, except for all of the excitement leading up to that point, whereas it's been very demoralizing the last month, month and a half uh, with the bullpen and all that stuff. And it could be so much closer if the A's had hung on to, I don't know, three of those 10 bullpen explosions, but oh well, we are where we are. We're six games back of the Houston Astros, and the Astros have four left against the Angels in Anaheim coming up to start this week, and then they travel up to Oakland for three, and then they have an off day on Monday, and they get three against Tampa and three against the A's. Maybe? Maybe the maybe the Angels do the A's a favor, and they split with the Astros, and the A's win three out of four. Maybe, maybe they're like four games back. And then the A's can do some stuff and maybe that last series actually matters. And wouldn't that be something? I don't know if you can line up, you know, Bassett, Manaya, and Montas or something like that, but you could try and that would be fun and exciting. Uh, I don't know who would start the wild card game, but you could try. <laughs> maybe you start Bassett and then go to, I, We'll deal with that bridge when it, when we if we get to it. Uh, so far this season, the Astros are ten and five against the Angels. They won two of three at home against the Angels two weeks ago. So they they played them well. And the Astros have that other gear, and that's the that's the thing that I am scared of when it comes to the Astros is that other gear. It is now go time for them as well. Sure, they have a lead, but 
it's time for them to start playing like a postseason team and not a team that almost lost two out of three to the Diamondbacks this past weekend. So let's see if they've got that other gear and let's hope that they don't. Are they, are, can they still do it? They, they pulled out Sunday's win in dramatic fashion. They went back to back home runs, I believe. Jasmine McCormick won the game and all that stuff, but well, let's see. Let's see. Uh, they're nine and four against the A's this season, two and one against Tampa. And uh, that, that Tampa series is going to mean something, I think, to the Tampa Bay Rays. They're going to show up to play because Tampa Bay is now three and a half games up on the Astros for a home field throughout the AL portion of the playoffs. So through the ALCS, home field advantage is on the line right now. The Astros are three and a half games back of them. So that series means something to both teams. And, uh, Hopefully the Rays are better, and then we go from there. And uh, the, the, if the Rays can sweep the Astros somehow, and then the A's can sweep the Mariners, all of a sudden, it's looking close. And uh, it, it's not over by any stretch of the imagination. It might actually be easier for the A's to win the AL West, even though they're six games back as opposed to two in the wild card, because uh, they get to face that team, and that team has a tough schedule. And facing the Angels, I guess. Uh, so it's just going to be a matter of can the A's finally figure out the Seattle Mariners. They're going to have to make the best of their opportunities. They're going to have to put runs on the board against the starting rotation. The rotation hasn't been pitching terribly well. They're not going to face Logan Gilbert, who was very, very good in Kansas City on Sunday, but he's the one guy that they're not facing. They're going to face Chris Flexen, Tyler Anderson, uh, Yusei Kikuchi, and somebody else. And uh, that'll be a lot of, oh, Marco Gonzalez, that's the other one. And they've all been kind of okay in the last couple of weeks. And that's basically you know two starts. So you can't really make a lot of that, but the A's are going to have to figure out a way to get to each of those guys and just make their bullpen just a, a non-factor in this, in, in this series because that's the way that the A's win the series and stay in playoff contention. So... That's, uh, that's what it's going to come down to, I think, because I don't trust the A's bullpen going up in a bullpen versus bullpen battle right now with anybody. So that's uh, those are the keys to victory. That's what's going on the next couple of weeks. So let's let's see what happens, I guess. But that is all that I got for you guys today. Um, later on this week, I'm going to be ripping apart Ken Rosenthal's harder call about the, the A's big, t probably the most recognizable names in the A's franchise, aside from the Mets, maybe. Uh, Billy Bean and Bob Melvin just being ripped up, ripped away by the Mets. I don't think it can happen, but I'm naive. Let's talk about it. I'm going to later this week. So make sure to subscribe to the podcast wherever you like to hear podcasts. Follow us on social media at Locked On A's on Twitter and Instagram. I'm at ByJasonB on Twitter and in the Spotify Green Room app. If you guys have any questions for us, please send those to LockedOnAthletics at gmail.com. And also subscribe to the YouTube page. We do fun, fun things. And you can see my Captain America thing and whatever I'm wearing every day. Uh, I change my shirt every day for, for you. <laughs> but uh, that is all that I got for you guys today. So until next time, go out and celebrate good times, Oakland. And I will talk at you tomorrow.